33. I'm trying to give us a theme song. Are you whistling a theme song? What's the number 33 um, bring to mind? Um, It's a sports. Isn't it Patrick Ewing's number? Well, that I wouldn't know. But pretty sure for it me, is. it's Scottie Pippen. Oh, maybe it's Scottie Pippen. It's definitely a basketball player's number. Let's look. Isn't that also the number on the side of a Rolling Rock bottle? You know, even though Rolling Rock used to be produced in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is very close to where I grew up, I would not know. Oh, does it have some religious thing? What? 33? Uh, I have no idea. Um, yeah, Rolling Rock 33. Uh, that's supposedly the number of Route 33? I don't know. Oh, yeah, Patrick Ewing's number was 33. See, I really was a New York Knicks fan. Great. That's working out for you this year. I, I'm, I'm, I really don't have an opinion anymore. I just learned yesterday that the Knicks are so bad that the New York Times Knicks beat reporter has been reassigned. I know. I feel bad for him. But that's kind of cool because he's traveling now, He's right? doing other, other stuff. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. I guess so. <laughs> um, well, Hi. the first thing I want to talk about is this video crap that's been happening. Yes. Meerkat and what's the other one called? Periscope. So last week, Meerkat was the only one that existed. Mm -hmm. Basically, they're both apps that let you live stream video of what you're seeing out of your phone camera and -hmm. then also watch other people's live streams. So it's like Big Brother, but for everyone. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Have you ever watched that show? No. Well, here it was was on like three nights a, a week. And they'd have it would it was like live streaming an apartment of right. crazy. I mean, people. I know what it was. But in I, when I lived in London, it was it might still be on there. It was on every single night. Oh wow! And it was really creepy. Like it would be on for four or five hours, maybe not that long, but it felt like that. And I remember going to sleep, and they were going to sleep too. Hmm. And I thought I was the only person that watched it because it just seemed so trashy. And then I realized that every single person watched it because very few people there, at least you know, ten years ago when I lived there, had cable. Like they, is it a people, broadcast channel? Yeah, people really. Well, I think it's on Channel Four. People really do watch all those you know, soap operas that are on at 7 p.m. and all that stuff. And so I was really embarrassed that I was watching these people sleeping. And then I went to work and everyone was watching it. Yeah, I remember it being bigger there than here. Oh, it was huge there. But it was like, they are less, I don't, it's hard to hard to explain, but they're in a lot of ways less, they're less embarrassed of themselves. Yeah. So... It wasn't like I was so embarrassed that I was watching it, and then I realized that they all watched it. No, you have to watch it. Like they are less they like people who are not famous here anymore are still famous there. People like Brian Adams, he's super famous there still. Nice. It's just they just have less shame when it comes to um, consuming trashy anything. Yeah, consuming from candy. Well, anyway, um, interesting. So meerkat. Was this app that launched about a, almost a month ago? Yeah, and it was big at South by Southwest. Yeah, which everyone's like, "Oh, there'll never be a big social app at South by Southwest again." And then, and then that happened. Yeah, people are people are morons. Um, and it 
you know, gradually took off. You'd have like, I watched Julia Louis Dreyfus do a meerkat. That's fun. She was like, oh, this is neat. <laughs> um, who else? Marin was doing a meerkat. Mark Marin was doing a meerkat with Adam Goldberg, Goldberg from Veselka. Yeah, I heard about that. And then they apparently went to the Bowery Hotel bar. Nice. And some, I, well, I, I heard about it on his podcast. But some women were accosting them. Oh, cool! They had no idea who he was, but then he called them bitches or something. So the kind of the 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 thing that's that sparked Meerkat taking off was that it blasts out live now on Twitter, and the whole thing is that it basically auto followed all of your Twitter, Mm -hmm. all the people you're following on Twitter, and all the people who follow you, and if you if you watch if you're watching someone's video, you can talk to them live in the app while you're watching the video and then you mean like message them live yeah or? there's like live comment stream cool while you watch it's a lot like um the old mtv had an aol chat room that did oh, that yeah. you could chat on aol and then it would show up on tv yeah i remember that uh it's funny how all this stuff is like you think it's like, oh this is new technology no fucking live video yeah you ever had a tv with rabbit ears on it it's not Anyway, I guess because it's being well, it's shrunken. in your pocket, and yeah. anyone can do it. And that's the magic thing is that anyone, literally anyone, can do it. So and um, it's so, like, so Meerkat existed, and who knows who had this idea first? This is not even a new idea. Like there were live streaming yeah. video apps many years ago. None of them took off for various reasons. Like the networks were shitty, the phones were shitty, the screens were shitty, and now all that stuff is better. Um. And I guess in January, Twitter bought this company called Periscope, which mm-hmm. was building something virtually identical to Meerkat. So who knows? Maybe the Meerkat guys found out about Periscope and then cloned that and launched first. I don't know. Who knows? That, who knows? And then this week, uh, Thursday, Twitter finally – so oh, so this whole time, all the, all the uh, jerk – elitist Silicon Valley people who had Periscope were like, oh, I'm watching a really great Periscope. Oh, you can't have it because they were all beta testing oh, okay. it, all the, all, the, all the wanks. And why are you rolling your eyes? I mean, I just... Excited to go there in a few weeks? I'm, um, staying, anyways, I'm staying in the vicinity. So then of... uh, Periscope launched on Thursday, owned by Twitter. Oh, and meanwhile, Periscope or Twitter had shut down some of Meerkat's like Twitter privileges. Uh-huh. I don't know exactly what, but it was. People were people really were like, mad about it at South by Southwest. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, Periscope launched on Thursday mm-hmm. and just took off. Partially, yeah. I mean, in no doubt, in large part, because people had been looking at Meerkats all week. And meanwhile, here comes Periscope, the official app from Twitter. Do they have any. Is there anything different? Between there are the some two? minor differences. Um, each of them has some better qualities. I think the major difference in Periscope is that you can that streams are saved, so you mm-hmm. can go back and watch someone's stream after it's finished. Oh, okay. Whereas Meerkat, I think, just disappears after it's done. I have a question. Wasn't there a competitor to Vine at some point? There, there were a ton of them. But there was a, a big one. Oh. Do you remember that? Um, it happened right 
when Vine launched, there was something super similar to it. Maybe it was, oh, well, it was just an Instagram Yeah, I think it was video. just Instagram. Which Has Vine done well? It's doing okay. It's done well enough that they that Twitter hasn't shut it down. I mean, apparently it's like really popular with kid like young yeah. people because there's just so much goofy stuff. And Vine has like Vine never became the Instagram for video. Like Instagram yeah. kind of took that off. Yeah. But Vine has become such a an interesting art form. I know well, I know it place, annoys you, but well, it's also a place where you know it's a it's a place for micro influencers. <laughs> Right. Well, people, Vine artists, it's like a real thing. Yeah. When they're, if they have followings, brands want to work with those people. And I think that there have been some Vine stars that have become, like, have gotten TV roles and things like that. I don't think it's happening super quickly, but I think it's something that is happening. So, anyway, I mean, the so the chart that I've been posting every day, I've been using this service called Topsy, which I think actually Apple owns, mm-hmm. and it's basically a Twitter analytics tool that anyone can use for free. Cool. And I've been looking at the number of tweets with the hashtag Meerkat versus Periscope, because both of the apps, by default, when you tweet out a stream, it has their hashtag oh, in okay. it. There's other there are other things, but this is like consistent and easy. I'm gonna and start using Topsy. That's a an yeah, it's good thing to use. Um, so basically, like the Meerkat chart looks like you know steady, impressive growth for a month, like yeah. a nice slope, and then th- three days ago, Periscope comes up. The first day, it shot up to Meerkat's level. Yeah. The second day, they both dipped a little. That was Friday, mm-hmm. and then yesterday, Saturday. Periscope just took off and yeah. now is like, I don't know, maybe 50% bigger than Meerkat or something like that. Well, I think I noticed a lot of big Twitter people, Twitter stars, announcing that they were going to be on Periscope yeah. on Thursday. So I wonder if that really, I mean, other than all the buzz and all that stuff, for people who don't follow tech news, I think that that might have been a reason too. Like all of a the sudden, these people that you're that you right. follow on there and you really admire hmm. like this woman, um, Aliza Licht, who, um, is the head of PR at D- DKNY. Her handles DKNY PR girl. And she's, she's coming out with a book and she's pretty like Twitter famous and she's huge in the fashion industry. And all these people like worship her if, and she announced that she was on Periscope. Yeah. So I feel like because she has a good relationship with Twitter, I'm sure Twitter reached out to all their influencers to get on it, hmm. all that stuff. Could be, I don't know. But a lot of it I'm I think sure. was people were testing Meerkat and they're like, All right, now I'm gonna use Periscope. Yeah. And there was that big ass fire and a lot of people were were periscoping that. The so the people, fire here in New York yeah. probably. I'm sure it was not national news. It was. Really? Because of Periscope, you had all uh, people all over the world watching these freaking streams yeah, from across crazy. the street. So it's gonna be—I don't know—it's gonna be interesting. People are asking me like, "Is Meerkat dead?" Oh, and then meanwhile, Meerkat like raised twelve something like twelve million dollars last week from a VC who used to work at Twitter and worked at Facebook, uh-huh. and obviously knew that Periscope was coming. So that was. And I'm sure there was a lot of competition for that deal. So it was interesting to see investors go after this app, even though they knew that the first-party app was coming and that it was good. Well, that's the thing. How do you – because remember Hipstagram? 
Hipstamatic. Hipstamatic, yeah. It wasn't that. It wasn't worse than Instagram. It was. Pretty it wasn't good. a. It wasn't a, a social network though. At first, first it was just filters. Uh, and the only reason the Instagram took off was because people made it a social. Net- okay. I mean, people were using well, it for what photos. Do you but think is gonna. I mean, yeah, what uh, to me the only advantage that Periscope has is that a lot of huge Twitter names will be using that. Will favor that over. Will they though? I think they'll. I, th- I think they will. I think that you're when you think of Twitter stars, you think of like the people in your industry, but there are a lot of people like celebrities and who are, have relationships with Twitter. Yeah. But they might also have relationships with the celebrities who invest in Meerkat or something like that. Like there's definitely a weird division now. Yeah. But honestly, I have a hard time seeing Meerkat succeed because their app is kind of crappy. Whereas Twitter is going to invest a lot of money. Well, they both have money to spend. But so, don't do you think it will just be the survival of the best app? Like- I, honestly, both could survive. I mean, you know, it, it's not like there aren't enough people to watch a lot of videos from either one. Um, I think that Meerkat will have trouble because Twitter could make per- Twitter could put a Periscope button right in the Twitter app, yeah. and that'll drive a lot of traffic that way. And it's not like. Either of these things have enough reasons to be better. Like, they're, you know, it's – yeah, Periscope could do horribly, like, screw up the video so it never works or make their app really clunky. And right now their app, f- for me, like, freezes up all the time. It's okay. not a good app. Like, neither of them are good apps. Why didn't Twitter just make video an element of Twitter? They did. That's another thing they've been doing. So they just also launched native Twitter video. So why not just do live streaming in there too? It's just too much. It's it was a lot. It it needs to be a separate app at least for now. Okay. And this was already made, so yeah, it was easier for them to buy it than to build it. Okay. And it was expensive. Supposedly it was a hundred million dollar deal, and it hadn't even launched yet. Wow. And a lot of that's probably Twitter stock, and who knows how long it's going to take to to vest out. Yeah. But do you know any of the people who are running these things? Mm, I know some have people. Good reputations or reputations at all? Well, one of the people who went to go work at Periscope was um, this Android engineer named Sarah Hader. I think that's how you say her last name. And she worked at Twitter for a long time, and then she worked on Vine, and then she left to go work at Secret, that startup oh, that, yeah. what that got all to big. That? Well, it's kind of crapped out now. And she went to Periscope and now is back at Twitter. So and oh, she's okay. building the Android app. So the, right cool. now it's iOS only. Both of them are. And then I think Meerkat is too. But eventually they'll be Android. Anyway, so my question for you, besides the fact that now we have a funny little fight on our hands, mm-hmm. like, and who knows what's going to – I think Periscope's going to win. Uh, yeah, this I mean, actually reminds so. me a lot of – there was Instagram and then there was another app called Pick Please. Okay, yeah. I didn't even know about that one. Yeah, and and – well, also, was there ever like a competitor to YouTube? Yeah, lots of them. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I just think that Vo. Um, well, I guess Vimeo is a competitor to YouTube. The same media, same media started as Video Egg, which was oh, a competitor yeah. to YouTube. But I'm and I'm guessing Vimeo was way after. Vimeo was. YouTube. I it's think not, Vimeo was before YouTube, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it has its own. Vimeo is doing okay, but it certainly is not doing as well as YouTube. Um. And Google had their own YouTube competitor too, called Google Video. Yeah, 
Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, it just doesn't. And also the cat, the little anim, meerkat animal is super weird looking. I, I think it's and, cute. Yeah, it's kind of cute, but it's kind of weird. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Just, so I also have, that, I've got to say, like, personally have no interest in doing that. No, so um, apparently there's an article on BuzzFeed. Apparently people are um, are periscoping their fridge, the contents of their fridge. Yeah. Uh, my first uh, night on Periscope, first I watched a beautiful live stream from Shibuya Crossing in Tokyo. Yeah. And then I flipped to another stream, and it was a guy taking a dump. That's gross. You could see down. You could see his underwear bunched up around his yeah, ankles, and then he, yeah, it did show you. And then, and then he flushed the toilet. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely going to be some weird stuff on here. And by the way, I mean, remember chat roulette? Like that was a big deal for a month, and then died yeah. because everyone's like, "All right, I get it. It's dumb." Same yeah. thing here. Uh, it's a bunch of dicks, literally. Yeah. Are, yeah. Are they like monitoring it for? They're going to have to. I remember going to one of those startups, I think it was Ustream, and watching, you know, from a. I, they wouldn't let me, like, stand in front of it, but there was basically, you know, at least one person whose full time job was a screen with a bunch of thumbnails of streams and watching them and, and probably sure monitoring. There were no dicks. Right. And it's not just dicks, but also, like, soccer streams and all this stuff. Like, Twitter has built a big business working with brands like the oh, NFL. Yeah. Like, if people are streaming. NFL Sunday on totally. Periscope. So yeah, that's we'll weird. see. But anyway, people are periscoping their fridges, and I think maybe we'll have to do that. Yeah, later. I mean, the one thing I like about it, and my friend Veronique wrote a story on the cut about how she really likes Snapchat because it's not perfect, and it's it's kind of everyone. Yeah, my friend Elisa and I were talking about this the other night too. It's really raw. Like it's it's the way Instagram was when it started where I was looking at my old Inst- – I mean my Instagrams are pretty raw anyway, but I was looking at like the first two and one is of you just like sitting on the computer in your boxer shorts. Oh, great. Yeah, and then the other one is like of my foot in bed. It's I mean, And it's bear not- in mind like the iPhone camera and screen have gotten better yeah, since then. But so. they were also just like who even cares? Yeah. And I kind of am still like that with Instagram. I'm not super precious with it. I just like posting stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. – I'm posting it for, like, my friends and family, not because I'm, like, creating a, a presence on there. But, um... So here, in the last 13 minutes, I've gotten two push notifications for Periscope. Okay. Both from Ben Smith. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if... And the Snapchat, I mean, I'm try, I'm really trying, but I well, just that's, can't so get that, to Well, that's... So I was going to say earlier... Um, and thank yeah, you for reminding me. The, I would say if anyone can compete with Twitter here, it's going to be Snapchat because Snapchat already has people posting these uh, these stories videos, yeah. and and the Snapchat experience is very set for live for live video. So, yeah. it, I I would imagine that they're working on Should it. They buy Meerkat. Well, and then and now if you think about it, Meerkat's logo is exactly the same. White Goofiness. on yellow as yeah. the Snapchat logo. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Do they? Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how technically challenging it would be for for Snapchat to build that. I don't know what you would do with the Meerkat name. I don't know if that has enough cachet to keep it, or if Snapchat would want to say like Snapchat, Snapchat. Live, Snapcat. Um, all right. So the question for you is: Are you gonna now have to? Um, I I, I want to call them meerkats, even though they're periscopes. Yeah. 
Well, Meerkat is a catchier name than Paris. I think I once said that I was going to vine some shit on Instagram. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Yeah, totally. Do you think I'm going to have to do fashion shows? Right. Well, I, I'm going to a fashion show on Tuesday night, so I'm totally going to do it. Are you, so are there going to be people telling you not to do it? No, I don't think Cause so. Because that happened at the Y Combinator demo day. They're like, all right, so. no meerkatting is allowed. We'll um, kick you out. So I don't know. Well, first of all, the show that I'm going to will probably be live streamed anyway. Yeah. So the thing with fashion shows is that they've been, first of all, they don't, they're live. They've been live streaming fashion shows for, I don't know, five years now. It's not that popular. Hmm. Like, it's just not that popular. It's not a thing that. Who watches the streams? Reporters like, or weird fashion people? Yeah. Like dorky fashion people or reporters who aren't there, or whatever. But I'm gonna shut my phone off. People sending you messages? Yes. Or meerkats? No meerkats yet. I need, I I downloaded it, but I haven't like logged on or anything. Hmm. Um, sorry, I have, I downloaded it, but I haven't logged on or anything. I don't want to. I want no, people to hear well me. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, but I I I think that they will be fine with it. I don't yeah. know. I I have a feeling that the show I'm going to on Tuesday, they might not even know about it yet. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. And I don't think there will be some fashion people who are really into it who are there, but there's not going to be like not that many. Like cool. I don't think it's it's big enough yet for like all the social media stars will know about it, but I don't think it's big enough yet to make it you know a a must. Uh, like mm-hmm. to ban it or and I I just think no I don't think they'll ban it I just I don't know it's like I just feel like who would want to watch that oh people who are bored yeah and I guess the thing about it that is better than the live streaming on you know a website or or what have you is that um here's another one this is the biggest problem is that I auto followed a bunch of Twitter people. Uh-huh. And I don't even know who this Who's David Wright? My kid's swimming and speaking in stream of consciousness. This is the problem with building on top of Twitter. Now I'm following a bunch of people. I don't yeah. Even know. Um, I, I think that – I guess if, if you were just clicking through t- your Twitter feed and you saw a fashion show, it would be a little more interesting than actually having to go to a website to watch the live stream. Yeah. So maybe it will be – I mean, I guess like like the Kanye West Adidas show would have been awesome to do that with because there were uh, so many celebrities. Zoolander one. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but that um, yeah, and it would also depend. Like the Zoolander one, I didn't have a great seat for the show on Tuesday. I have a pretty good seat. Right, and I think that's the most interesting thing is that you can see. It's like a real slice of life. Like yeah. you're watching something from one per specific person's point of view and that person does not is not standing in the camera tent you know on the camera the risers with crazy lighting totally. and they're on a cellular network so it's kind of a crappy picture yeah like i have this project i wanted to do for a long time where i put very high resolution webcams in in restaurant kitchens and yeah. stream that this like theoretically this is that, that like right now? Well, but that's one. That's a really good point you just made. 
the service at fashion shows is usually terrible because yeah. there are so many people on their phone. And video is super high bandwidth. Yeah, so I don't even know if it will work. Yeah, it'll and be That's a really good point. Like sometimes you can't even upload. It's at the – the show I'm going at to is in a big venue that I think in general is pretty good. Hmm. And I have actually – the last time I went to a show there – I did post a video from there, hmm. but I mean, obviously it wasn't live streaming. Yeah. So it might be fine. It's an, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'll definitely do it. Cool. I can report back. Which one week. are you going to use? I ha- you know what? I'll go on both of them and see which user interface, like user experience I like better. You'll be amazed on Meerkat when you accidentally start streaming the way I did. Great. There's just one button. Awesome. Yeah. Um, should we should we periscope our fridge later? Maybe. I mean, it's super clean right now. It's so. very clean and and somewhat interesting. Yeah, let's do it. All right, maybe that'll be fun. Cool. All right. Well, we had a couple other topics too. Yeah. Um, breaking uh, M and A rumors. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Not really talk breaking. About this? Well, are you? Do you think it's interesting? Yeah, I do actually. Okay. Ru- Amazon was supposedly interested in buying Net-A-Porter. which. Those rumors have been going on for like a year. It's just that now they're Netaporte is really trying to make it happen. I think Richemont, the company, so Richemont is a, a luxury conglomerate, and they own a bunch of hard luxury brands. Like, what's that mean? Hard luxury is jewelry and watches, and they also own what's soft clothing and stuff. Soft is clothing, handbags, Luxu- or uh, luxury, duh. Uh, what about handbags. what about those Louis Vuitton suitcases? <laughs> You're funny, but that's soft luxury. Okay, just learning. Hard luxury learning. is jewelry and watches. Okay. So they own a bunch of, I think they own Cartier. I Let me, let me just. That would be a good name for a website. What? Hard luxury. Yeah, it is actually a really good name for a website. I'm should shocked we, that Should no we one. register that domain before Maybe. we post this podcast? Maybe. Um, let me just look it up just to Someone make sure. Someone might already have own. it. So anyway, Amazon was supposedly. Yeah, can you let me? I them. can. I can explain to you oh, what's thought, going on. I was gonna um, talk while you were looking stuff up, so as not to okay. leave a. Okay. Well, I was gonna recap, okay. and this is interesting because Amazon already owns. What did they buy already? Oh. Well, they have obviously Zappos, but that doesn't count. They own Shopbop, which is like middle. It's contemporary, so it's like expensive stuff, but not crazy expensive. They own Zappos. They do they own Zappos? They're yeah. The ones that, that own yeah, Zappos. wholly owns Zappos. Um, and Zappos has this website called Zappos Couture, which is like mm. higher end stuff. Um, it's not it's not fancy, but it they do sell fancy things. Um, and they have been like really really gunning to get into the fashion industry, fashion yeah. world, and so they um, in I think 2012 they sponsored the Met Ball, which is this huge huge fashion um, gala at the Metropolitan Museum of Art that's connected to the Costume Institute's show every year, and it's like the fashion world's Oscars, and tons of celebrities go, and it's a huge deal. It's Anna Wintour runs it, the editor in chief of Vogue. Um, so they sponsored that one year. They launched something called Amazon Fashion, which was supposed to be kind of a, a nicer place to buy clothes within Amazon. 
they had they did a flash sale site called oh man it's just so funny to me because amazon used to totally be the site where you could buy 20 dollar jeans um but i never did yeah well that is what they are and so having so netaporte is kind of the ultimate um they're the the ultimate in online shopping they they seem to me like the ones who've done the best at being an online department store yes for they're good, the for best like nice online stuff. department store they have the best buy they have the the best stuff it's better than shopping and it, the experience is really great um they have like a good edit which means like they choose good items it's a more seamless experience than shopping on a department store website now they have gotten better and something like to me barney's has a much better selection than netaporte online or in the store both oh okay i mean there are a lot of brands that still don't sell online mm-hmm. so well not a lot but a few really good ones. like they won't let barney sell their stuff no. online oh. so like celine huh. doesn't sell anywhere online you can't buy anything can you buy it on ebay yeah okay but i mean they don't even want that it's like huh. a, you can buy it secondhand, but they're not. It's not like they they're encouraging Crazy. that. Um, so yeah, they've just done a really good job. They were kind of the first to market. Blah blah blah. blah. Richemont, the company that owns them, is this luxury conglomerate. It's like a competitor to LVMH and Caring, which are the two kind of really prominent ones, and they own a bunch of. So they own Cartier, they own Van Cleef and Arpels, they own Piaget, they own um, Jaeger, I I can't even pronounce that, IWZ, Panerai, Montblanc, and um, Vacheron Constantine. Vacheron Constantine? Yes, that sounds right. That's a watch brand, I think. Um, So it's all hard luxury. Then they also own... Dunhill, which is like men's stuff and cigarettes and it's like a menswear brand. And they own Chloe, mm. which is a, a, you know, a high, high end fashion brand that's really popular. I'm assuming that their sales are pretty good, but it's not. Um, Do they wholly own Net-A-Porter? I think they own like at least 80% of it. Oh, they wow. own it. Yeah. They, they have a majority ownership. And they've owned it since 2010, but it was always looked at as kind of a weird purchase. And now they want to get out of soft luxury altogether. So they huh. all there have also been rumors that they want to sell Dunhill and um, and Chloe. Um, and it, it's it's one of those things that they always deny it, mm-hmm. but it's happening. Like yeah. no one. And so the Netaporte Amazon rumors started coming out. I don't know. I would say like a year ago, people started talking about it, but now it seems like they're really talk. It's really serious. And you know, six months ago or something, Ukes, which is this huge um, internet retailer based in um, Italy, that they have they have Ukes the website, and that's how kind you, of like a discount. Y o o x. That's like a discount retailer. So uh-huh. it's like. Um, I don't know, TJ Maxx for high end and it's all based online and they also sell art and some full price stuff. But in general, their bread and butter is, is discount. But the other thing that they do is they do the back ends of all the luxury brands almost. So they do, and they have, they're in a huge deal with caring, which owns Gucci and, um, 
Saint Laurent and um, Stella McCartney and Balenciaga and all these big brands. So they do all the back end stuff, all the fulfillment. They basically they knew how to do do the internet, and none of these brands did. So they were like, we'll take care of it for you. And they do all the big Italian websites. I mean, there are a few that they probably don't do, but in general, they have the monopoly on running the back ends of luxury good e-commerce. Um, so in, And so after the thing came out about Amazon, there was a Reuters report that said that Ukes is back in and like really, really wants it. To me... I I'd need to look and see more what what Netaporte's weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. Because to me it seems like the woman who who started Netaporte is Natalie Massonet. She's still really involved. I think she's the chairman. She still is involved in the company and the running of the company. They run a magazine that loses tons of money. They do all these Is that Mr. Porter? Yeah. It's just called Porter. Oh. There is a, a men's. What's Mr. Mr. Porter? Porter is their men's website. So the newspaper I got that was called Mr. Porter yeah. was a, something for that. It's for that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's not a magazine. They launched a magazine last year. I mean, the hope is that someday that will make money. But right now, I mean, they're not a profitable brand. Is Net-A-Porter profitable at all? No. Oh, okay. They, I think that oh, Perfect for Amazon. Well, exactly. So like occasion, there will be like a quarter where they are, but in general, they're they're not. Do they? Li- so, do they? Are their finances known? It's not. Um, it's not like they're public. They. I mean, they're part of a public company, but it's Richemont's public. Yeah, Richemont's public, but oh, like they don't break it down that far. Hmm. And I don't know if the there's differences in Europe and here, but like LVMH won't always say how much each of their brands are making. Yeah. Like sometimes they will be- hmm. if it's if it's good numbers, but they don't always break it down completely. Um so to me Ukes makes more sense from a cu- company culture because it's European, it's fashion. It's all these things the guy who runs Ukes um I don't know how how to pronounce his name. Um, Where is Net-A-Porter based? London. Okay. And the woman who started it is American, but um, it's um, it, you know it's a very it's just run it's it, you know it's just a it's a European company. So the guy who um, who founded Ukes is named Federico Marchetti, um, and I've met him several times and. Also have I mean there's a great um, New Yorker profile on him from a couple oh, of cool. years ago. Our friend, my friend Leia's quoted in it. Nice. Um, he's just really smart and he gets fashion. Mm-hmm. So if I were, it's you ever not, buy it's stuff on Ukes? Really, I don't because I just like I I'll look on it, but yeah. I just like I don't really. I'm just not. Like, if I want to get something on sale, I just go to the store and get it on sale. I'm not like a – I don't check websites every single – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not like a bargain yeah, hunter. I do that. Um, But I don't think you'd want anything on here. It's like – No, no, no. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but um, it's not really Is the it way – Is very Italian? It's, it's not very American uh-huh. the way it's organized. <laughs> just put it that way. But – Do they sell the couples? 
they probably do. Uh. It's very they they're very very smart. I just feel cool. like but the thing is it's not it's pro- really not Natalie Massonet's choice who buys it. It's not the people. It's it's Richemont's and I'm assuming the thing that they want the most is the most money. So I think it will come down to that. Hmm. I mean, the good thing is that and and the other thing is like you you mentioned, I'm sure that when Net-a-Porter was building its business model. It was, I mean, all e-commerce looks to Amazon. Yeah. So the fact that they kind of operate in the same way as Amazon mm-hmm. might be fine. And what what I will say for Amazon is that they are very good about leaving companies alone culturally. Like Shopbop really does have. I mean, I'm sure people who the people who started there when it launched in 2004 or what have you um don't feel i mean shop bop started as a store in the midwest and hmm. called bop and then became this big e-commerce and then i think it was like 2006 when amazon bought it but it still feels like shop bop it's never felt like an amazon yeah um like they have like very specific sorts of models and things like that you just can tell and and zappos obviously has it's very separate, creepy com- company, company culture. culture yeah. So, um, so in that way, it might be fine. So I don't know what will happen, but I do. Th- I mean, it, it's definitely going to get sold. There was also rumors that they were going to try to spin it in its own IPO, yeah. hmm. but I just I don't think that's going to happen um, because it's hard. That's that's not a business that um, to see consistent growth. Yeah. And that's it is a finite especially because they can't sell certain things on there. Hmm. It's not um really? You're really gonna do this to us? Um Doggy starting to get agitated. So we'll see. Yeah. That's it cool. might just be the biggest number. It might be hmm. Amazon and it would I it would make Amazon happy because they really want that customer. Yeah. So, yeah, what are they? Aren't they sponsoring Men's Fashion Week or something? Yeah, they're sponsoring Men's Fashion Week, and I would say Indian Fashion Week, India Fashion hmm. Week. Um, cool. Yeah, so we'll see. All right. Well, we had a couple other. Yeah, I think we so, had a couple listener questions. Yeah, we have some fun listener questions. And I'll let Lauren find them. Find the first Was that email or Twitter? Two. Okay, so this one is is fun. This is from Jonathan, who lives in Minnesota. He's twenty eight. And so he has always been really skinny, but now he's not anymore. I don't know if that, and he seems really excited about it. So I think that means he might've like bulked up a little bit, not that he got fat. So either way, Jonathan, you look great. Excellent work. Um, But he needs completely new clothes. Yeah. Um, He lives in Minnesota. He's thinking three summer outfits, three winter outfits. He likes the idea of a uniform, but he doesn't think he can go that far. How feasible is that? J. Crew fits him really well. Any other places he should look? Any other outfit recommendations? So, first of all, I think that that's a perfect amount of outfits. I don't think you need more than that. How many do I have? Well, to start. No, I know. I don't even know how many but I, I have. Don't, them. Like, if you really, I think mix them. I layer. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you fit J. Crew, and I, I am. I uh, aspire to fit J. Crew. I'm like between sizes right now, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that means that I know what that that means. Um, 
the other men's stuff I really like these days is uh, I really like Bridge and Burn from Portland. Yeah, Bridge and Burn is great. They do cool stuff. They do really nice stuff. Um, and I just go to their website every couple of weeks and see what's going on. And that'll fit. That fits about the same as J Crew. So does um Saturdays Saturday Surf. It's kind of expensive, but it's decent. Pretty I good. Think, I have that long sleeve T shirt I like. Expensive. It's not that. I mean it's not crazy. It's if it's definitely could, more than J. Crew. If you go on Saturday's website, they have all their stockists. I'm sure they have one in yeah. Minneapolis. Um uh, a great, I don't know if you're a great, in Minneapolis, but a or, great um place to get some basics that also has a similar fit is Uniqlo, which is now shipping online. Um, not a fan of the Gap's current stuff. I went in there the other day, and Gap Gap runs a little bigger in size and just has a lot of weird, weird crap right now. Oh my god, it was so weird. I went into the Gap, um, like two weeks ago, and they had a photo booth and a DJ, and they were oh like, god. they were like, "Come on, get your photo taken." And I don't know if this is like a special thing they were doing or if this is just like Wednesday night at the Gap. Well, they're trying to... Come sing karaoke. But they're trying to create, you know... Yeah. Make people excited to shop. And, oh my God, it was it was empty. And it was, everything was 40% off or something like that. But it was all gross. I didn't want anything there. Um, Muji is another one. Very, It's Japanese. Very basic, simple clothes. A little nicer than Uniqlo. A little more expensive, but not too expensive. There's some really nice like plaids and chambray and yeah. jeans and just good solid clothes. Normal normal fit. A little small because it's Japanese, but fits nice. I gotta get more Muji stuff. Um, it, Minneapolis. Well, I'm assuming you're near and close enough to Minneapolis, but I get in St. Paul. But I guess that there's a chance you're nowhere near them, and you'd be like four hours away. But there are some really great menswear shops and that it's at, there's actually a lot of just great menswear brands based there like Red Wing there um there was a brand called Pierpont Hicks that does really great ties that's actually they live in New York now but they do a really cool um thing called Northern Grade um it's a market of all menswear stuff and you can go and shop they do it a couple times a year, so I would look up Northern Grade and see the next time they're going to be in Minneapolis. I bet that they'll do it during the summer because it's, you know, nicer there. Um, and that's like a fun place to go and look at clothes and, and find things because they typically keep the price point decent. Um, another store, I'm just looking at this like menswear market um, website about great places in Minneapolis. It's a little dated. This store called Black Blue sounds really good. They have like Red Wing boots, Raleigh denim, Filson bags. Um, they have this brand, Apollos or Opolis. I don't really know how to pronounce it. It's A P O L I S. They they sell um, their stuff. They do really good chinos. Um, um, could it be Apolis? Apolis, like mini Apolis. It's not. It's not based oh, on that. Though. I don't know. It's that brand that um, yeah yeah I have that 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 um, scarf yeah, that I got LA. for nine dollars yeah but you're right it might be Apolis but what about um where did you get me that sweatshirt oh save khaki 
Do they have a safe khaki in Minneapolis? No, they're online, no. Yeah, so their safe khaki is really, really great. I think in terms of what they have great khakis and great basics and everything's like around 100 bucks. But in terms of what you should buy, um, that's harder because we don't – I should have asked you. I should have responded and asked you what you do for your job. But I'd say like a really good pair of khakis. But you want to get ones that don't look – like you want to get ones that look modern. You don't want to get something that looks like But what's space. modern now? Well, you know – Are they um, pleated – well, it's crotch like, tent khaki's yeah, gonna come back like soon. That's like high fashion shit. <laughs> Should I no. get a pair of those? No, I might have some but from high you, school. You want to, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think especially Flat during front, the summer. Straight leg. You you'll know. I mean, you go to J Crew. I mean, one thing you can do always is like J Crew is on it in terms of what looks appropriate. What's you can go there and look around, and then go to some other stores and fi- and you know buy some stuff from J Crew, buy some stuff from there. I mean, obviously, you want to get at least one good pair of khakis. Um, I I'd say get a lightweight summer suit. Um, if you're if you go to weddings, you're 28. Yeah. You're probably going to be going to a bunch of weddings and stuff. I J Crew does a great travel traveler suit that yeah, that's what I have. I really like it. Um, and now it's in two super thin. Now they have a second um, fit model too. Yeah, they have a cut for like guys who are bulkier. Um, but you like the slim cut, right? Yeah, it's great. Um, so that's I, I'd say that. I mean, if you do have to wear a suit to work ever, it's a maybe you said what you do. Let me just check. Um, but I, I'd say that's he's a, a meerkatter, professional meerkat artist. Um, and I think like some really good t-shirts. Yeah. Um, it, that Everlane is a good idea. Oh, yeah, Everlane. The one thing about Everlane you really want to be careful, take your measurements. Um, yeah, we had some problems with sizing. With fit, the, everything's cut really broad for guys in the shoulders. So if you're a narrow shoulder person, then it it might not fit you perfectly. I think you got me an XL, and it was like... It was too big, too, way too big yeah. in the shoulders. Yeah. Um. I think that's a good place. And uh, uh, again, that's another place that you can kind of look for that's, you could buy six outfits from there very easily. Um, you should definitely buy a cashmere crew neck sweater or V neck sweater. I'd say go with crew neck. That looks a little more modern, um, in like Navy or green or gray, whatever you like the best. Um, and then in terms of shirting, um, I would say that you want to do a plain white and then also probably an Oxford blue or another color that you like um, or or like a very subtle print or something and use J. Crew as a guide for that. I mean, they have a good sense of what looks appropriate and what doesn't. Dan really likes chambray shirts. Yeah, I've been um, really into the... And those look good with khakis utility too. Utility shirt but lately. the thing with khakis is... If you get some good T-shirts, you can just wear a T-shirt and khakis and sneakers in in the summer. Um, or if you work at a, it, it looks. I think that that is a really good look. Yeah. Um, hopefully that's helpful. I'd say that. And uh, another thing that if for the winter is a, sw- a cool sweatshirt. I feel like 
you from you've kind of taken sweatshirts and you wear them as sweaters like over button ups. Yeah. Um I stopped um doing hoodies and I went to a crew neck. Yeah, like a crew neck sweatshirt in gray or Although, like you know, I never wear color. them to work, but I wear them on the weekend all the time. You don't wear them to work? Never, no. That's interesting. Um, you will, you totally could. Yeah. Um, and Everlane, again, makes some – I have a great Everlane sweatshirt. I think they make really good stuff. Um, yeah, there's a lot right now for men. I'm not a big fan of things like Bonobos. And, I mean, you could totally go there, and they I'm sure they have a guide shop in Minneapolis. And check that out because you can try all that stuff on. Um, a lot of guys love it and and swear by it. Um, it's just not never been a brand that's really appealed to me from the branding perspective. But the great thing about it is it's really convenient, and they have they pay a lot of attention to fit because that's their whole premise is that they're trying to make shopping easier for guys. And the other thing you might want to try that. Why have I never shopped there if it's so easy? I think it's like aesthetically it's not on point for you. Um, Another thing a lot of guys like that is weird to me, but because it's it's weird to me in the way that Rent the Runway is weird to me and it's not weird to anyone else, but this thing called Trunk Club, which um, is basically – it's owned by Nordstrom, I think – it was a startup that just got bought by Nordstrom, but it's basically a like online styling tool for guys. So you go on there, you say, you give your measurements, you tell them your style, and someone like a quote unquote stylist sends you a box of clothes, and then you can try them on. They're all name brand stuff. Try it on, see what you like, see what you don't. Whatever you send back, you don't get charged for. Whatever you keep, you get charged for. That is not a terrible idea. There's one for women called Stitch Fix. I have a friend who did it, and she just felt like oh, they, they just didn't hired get a it. big executive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's my, my friend did it, Clara. Yeah. Oh, cool. My friend who's you know a working mom in in the middle of the country did it, and she just felt like it wasn't right for her. But there are a lot of people that really like it, and I think Trunk Club has done really, really well. So that might be a fun thing for you to try. Um, And I think that you can get like a subscription and they'll keep sending you stuff every month, but you don't have to do it like that. Um, And I think for the way guys shop, like the way you were talking about, you really want as close to a uniform as you can get. This could give you that without, you know, making you give up everything. Uh, A couple other ones. And then we'll move on to the next one, um, Taylor Stitch, oh, yeah. which is kind of like an interesting model where they take pre-orders and then do an order of a shirt or something or a pair of pants. They're in San Francisco. And then that store, was it called Union Made or something like that? Oh, yeah, Union And they have Made a bunch of stuff great. too. It's a little more expensive, but they're, yeah. they're really, Inter- really At least great. like what I do with sites like that or stores like that is just get some ideas there and then yeah. go to Uniqlo. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, you can do that with J. Crew even. Or, uh, oh, another place that um, I always forget about that has really great t shirts and actually some nice shirts, but I don't really fit into them is American Apparel. And they had a crazy 90% off sale a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, we'll their t shirts are really good. That all lasts, but yeah. for now it's good. Um, 
Yeah. All right, we've now listed every store. T-shirts are good. I just don't think that they're good to wear alone. No, I wear. I buy the crazy neon ones and wear them under a gray sweatshirt. Yeah, but they are. It's a great place for that kind of stuff. So, let us know how you fare. And there are. I mean, Minneapolis St. Paul is a huge like menswear. I don't know. There's a lot of menswear stuff going on there. So if you just like Google menswear in in Minneapolis St. Paul, I bet you'll find some cool places that you could just go in and even if you didn't want to spend a lot of money, you could get some ideas. Yeah. Um. So the other question was from longtime listener. I think his name's Andre Briggs, but let me just check. Yeah, Andre Briggs, who is um. I think he's a developer. Let me see. Um, he's a designer. So he says, and I was going to, if if I had gotten this a little earlier, I probably would have asked him more, but he says that last episode you guys mentioned the South by Southwest fashion tech track. I was there, but as a software person, see the intersection as exclusive. Are fashion people afraid software people will take over? Many founders with fashion backgrounds dismiss my curiosity. Basically, it seems like there isn't a culture of open openness there yet. So I, I wish I knew who he was talking about that dismissed his curiosity. Um, I don't think that fashion people are worried that software people are going to take over. I think that they are snobs. <laughs> And think that software people don't know anything and don't have any taste. And they secretly know that software won't take over. Yeah. I don't think that that's the case. I do think here's, – here's the thing. I think that there's – there are problems on both sides and why the like fashion and tech – who needs more – I feel like a year ago there were all these articles like who needs – the other more fashion or tech. And I've been – I did this story once. I was in this – um, room with these Intel executives and a bunch of credited fashion designers in New York, like probably six months or a year ago. And Intel wanted ideas from the fashion designers. And the fashion designers all got annoyed because they were like, we don't know how to make wearables matter. We want you to come to us with a new technology that's going to change the way we design or change the way... Like aesthetics are a very... Um, sensitive thing, I guess. And so what I will say is if I see that there is a startup in the fashion space and the person does not, and neither of the founders have any fashion background, I am, I don't want to say I'm wary of it because I know that that doesn't mean it's not going to do well, but I'm not going to be impressed by it as a fashion product or, or what have you. Like there are a lot of fashion startups that are not, to me, like, they're not, like, exciting in mm. that way. Um, I I think that there are fashion people who really want to embrace technology and, and get it and and are, you know, doing everything they can to experiment and are open to new things, but I think that there's always going to be a little bit of a tension between, I mean, just the way, like the fact that there aren't, I just read somewhere that in Palo Alto, they're now only opening a bunch of luxury stores. 
like they're just now opening a bunch. It, it, I'm sure there were some, but it's just now becoming a thing to like open huh. a lot of stores there. That's so crazy. Yeah, those people have so much money, but it's also, um, it's not. There well, was there a, was always an Apple store. Well, yeah, I mean, an Apple is is a, the only example of a tech company that is seen as being fashionable. And now I feel like they're even getting away from that because they're trying too hard. The whole reason Apple has always been seen as fashionable is because they were the ones setting the trends or whatever. Like if you look at a Microsoft or Google or like, I mean, Google Glass, look at that. It's just, um, and, and I think that tech brands think, oh, we'll get a designer to come in and tell us what's cool. But most designers don't know either. It's just a very, I think that, the two worlds are expecting things of the other one that are hard, that are impossible to achieve. Um, and it's, it's also just like, there was a good story in the Hollywood reporter. I don't know a, a while ago about like what execs in Silicon Valley wear versus what execs in Hollywood wear. And it was like very much about how female execs in Silicon Valley will wear like Chanel flats, but they wouldn't wear, you know, a flashy bag or whatever. And, and Mm. being talking about being interested in fashion, like look at the way Marissa Meyer has been scrutinized. I mean, for many reasons, but one of them is that she loves Oscar de la Renta and was like really into it and would go to the show. And I feel like people kind of made fun of her, at least in, in the tech industry for having that interest. And, um, I think that's something that I don't know. I, I think the base the basic thing is that fashion, fashion, the fashion industry and the tech industries are expecting the wrong things from each other. And that's starting to change. Yeah. And I think if, if you're really interested in it and it's just something that, um, you know, you have to keep working at. Because it's eventually there, there are going to be breakthroughs. I feel like they're starting to be um, right, and they're starting on the on the like logistical side. Yeah, like you know, fulfillment and crowdfunding and that kind of stuff. They're not really like, to my knowledge, software is not designing new fashion articles although to an extent software is like analyzing trends and helping dictate what people should design and and fashion um you know patterns are computer generated for clothing patterns are computer computer generated i think that's where i think when it's about actually creating something that's when it really works when it's about a concept um I'm trying to think of an area of that's been difficult for, I mean, look at flash sales. I mean, that's a perfect example of people thought that they, I mean, uh, that, I guess that's a bad example, but it's still, I do, would a, any of those flash sales done better if like a cool fashion person had been the co-founder and not what, what most of those people had? No. But, um, (laughs) probably worse. Yeah. But it's just like, where'd all the money go? 
there's so many, so many startups that you're just like, that's not, no one wants that. No one's interested in that. And the other thing is it's hard to see it because so many of them are so well-funded that um, you can't really, you can't even judge them that harshly because you don't really know whether they're doing well or not. Like, you know they're not doing well, but they're still in business. There's so many of them. It's, you're just like, how does that, how is that company still in business? Um and now I'm rambling, but do you know? Do you know what I'm getting at? Absolutely. Okay. I hope yeah. that this helps you, Andre. <laughs> I hope that you keep trying to, to, you know, be open about it because there will be more and more people, um, interested in it. And you know, the thing that fashion is always impressed by is is success. If you can sell clothes, then you're gonna be welcome. If you look at an Everlane. Michael Pressman didn't have any fashion background. It's based in San Francisco. Their head designer is amazing. She came from Gap. She's super cool, and she's based in New York. But, like, he didn't have any of that. And somehow he figured it out. Like, he had the right aesthetic. And they're not, you know, showing at New York Fashion Week, nor should they be, but they're very well respected in the industry. And it doesn't matter that, you know, he's not part of that world. Um, because it, the stuff really looks good. And I think that that is kind of the case with anything that if you can create something there, a good, I guess a good example is, um, Ringley is this. Oh, the wearable yeah. ring. So yeah. I don't know if it's, I mean, she's, I think it's doing pretty well because they've been, you know, they were back ordered for months, which I is a good, you know, indication It launched last year, but it's a wearable tech that rings and stuff. And I really think that the reason that it's done well is they, the rings are cute. I mean, it's not my aesthetic. I don't want one. But I could see a lot of people wanting them. And so it doesn't matter that she didn't work at, you know, Cartier or Tiffany or something. It's she figured out aesthetics. And so she's not, you know, brands want to work with her. Brands want to do collaborations with her, and it has nothing to do with the fact that mm-hmm. – um, and she is a really great technical co-founder. And so I think that – and if you look at the really successful fashion startups, Farfetch, um, Jose, the founder of Farfetch, he did have a shoe line, but he also is a programmer and did that for you know 10 years, and then he launched a shoe line and realized that the two things could be – you know could work together. Um, a lot of those companies didn't come from people in the fashion world. So I think it's just an ongoing conversation and trying to figure out what you really can do for each other. Not, not expecting, not expecting the other to solve problems that are, you know, impossible to solve. It's about working around those problems. I think. I agree. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, this is officially the longest show we've ever done. I'm sorry. I really, Why would you just be sorry? Well, I really um, babbled there for a minute. No, no, that was good. Thank you. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. Um, thanks for listening, as always. You yeah. Can, you can send us questions at uh, Needle and Mouse on Twitter or via email at hello at com. Please do. We might do our third week in a row next week. That would be fun. 
I think that would also be a first. Yeah, and if we do that and we start to see an uptick, then we'd have to keep. Then we'll have it. to do a daily show. You're funny. Every day. That'd be All right. Possible. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks. Have a great week. <laughs>